Happy Holidays from WTMJ. It's time for WTMJ Now's Holiday Radio Show, presented by Heiser Automotive. It's time to hear the best of the best conversations from the show throughout 2023. Now, here's your host, Steve Scafidi. Hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. Thanks for joining me on our holiday special on WTMJ. One of the great things about having a show on WTMJ is that you get to celebrate all the holidays. And, and this is one of those holidays that I love. I love Christmas. I love that time of year. Family, friends. And the shows we get to do are uh, often unique, and uh, we're going to give you a couple of examples of that during this holiday season. Uh, one of them is an interview show that will play uh, some of our best interviews throughout the year, and the other one is a special holiday edition of An Hour with Chef Michael Fecker, local restaurateur and fun guy. And we're going to celebrate the traditions and the fun and the festivities of holidays. So one thing I want to say before we get to the interviews is that I love what I do, and I love the fact that you join me every day, Monday through Friday, 9 to noon on WTMJ. That is the fun part of the job, and the interviews that we do are always amazing. So uh, we'll share those stories. So during the course of the year, and there's been several uh, iterations of the program this year, started with the Steve Scavidi Show and then WTMJ Now, I've had the the great honor and pleasure of interviewing a lot of people, and I thought as we were putting our end-of-the-year special together, why not bring back some of the great interviews that we've done throughout the course of the year? Now, you're going to hear some other voices besides mine. Carol Kane joined me on a few of these. Sandy Max, who now has her own program on Evenings on WTMJ called What's on Tap. She was part of an interview that we did with... Uh, Gary Sinise and Kyle Troop. Let me walk through the interviews with you as you uh, approach this hour of radio. Gary Sinise, author, actor, humanitarian, will join us first. Uh, he joined us to talk about his great efforts. He was in town talking about a local event. Kyle Troop, PBA bowler, but you know him. If you ever watched a PBA bowling event, he's got the big afro, and it's he's a very charismatic, fun guy. We had a lot of fun talking about bowling. I even wowed him with one of my stories about uh, bowling with a house ball. He'll join us in this hour. Greg Marcus, frequent guest on the program, chairman of the board of the Marcus Corporation. We talked about theaters and movies and some of his great hotels. And the last interview of the hour is Augie Guerrero, one of our Salute to Service honorees. Every May, I do my Salute to Service with a lot of great partners here at WTMJ. And his story is tremendous. And I wanted to make sure that as we uh, celebrate the year of 2023, we brought at least one of those great Salute to Service interviews along to the show today. And uh, he is worth the listen. So we're going to spend the next hour with you celebrating some great interviews that we did throughout the year. After the break... Author, actor, and humanitarian Gary Sinise on his wonderful organization that benefits veterans. That's after this on WTMJ. You're listening to the WTMJ Holiday Radio Show, presented by Heiser Automotive. You're listening to WTMJ Now's Holiday Radio Show, presented by Heiser Automotive. You know, I'm thrilled about interviews, but this one I'm really thrilled about. Yeah. Gary Sinise is, is one of those people that... There's the professional side, brilliant actor, best-known role, I think, Lieutenant Dan Forrest Gump, Academy Award nominee, won a ton of other acting awards. Uh, his his work, though, on behalf of veterans, wounded veterans, their families, first responders, and on our Tri-County Contracting Hotline is Gary Sinise. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me. One of the things I love about your work for veterans is you weren't a veteran yourself, and, you know, for people that don't understand why this is important. Why is this mission so critical for you? Why do you want to do this? Because 
I love talking about veterans. I, I do everything I can to help them. But I didn't serve either. But my dad did. My brother did. Air Force, Navy. Why is it so important? You know, I was impacted year, uh, years ago by, by the, actually by the veterans on my wife's side of the family, Vietnam veterans. And uh, when I, I met her in 1976, and she introduced me to her brothers. Both had served in Vietnam. Her sister served in the Army. She married a Vietnam veteran who was in the Army, a combat medic. Uh, all three of those Vietnam veterans impacted me a lot back in the 70s and early 80s. That's why I really wanted to do this play uh, at Steppenwolf that was written by a group of Vietnam veterans. The play was called Tracers. I was the artistic director of Steppenwolf back in, in the day, and I was so moved by the stories that these veteran brothers-in-law had told me about serving in Vietnam and then coming home and dealing with a very difficult uh, country who had been divided by the war. I was impacted by that. I wanted to do something to help, so I started looking for a piece of material to direct that would speak to the Vietnam veteran experience, and I found a play that was being performed in Los Angeles in 1980 that was written by a group of Vietnam veterans who were performing it. Only a few of them had done theater before. The rest were just veterans who came together. They heard about this one one Vietnam veteran is trying to trying to put a play together. They came together. They workshopped it for six months, and they came up with a play called Tracers. I flew out there and saw it. I was blown away by it, and I asked them to let me do it in Chicago, which they did. And uh, we put it up on on stage in 1984, and it really galvanized something in me back then to try to do everything I could to support veterans, and then. You know, 10 years later, I played a Vietnam veteran in Forrest Gump, and that was um, that was galvanizing as well because he was a he was a wounded veteran. And that started me supporting our wounded through the Disabled American Veterans Organization. And then, uh, you know, September 11th rolled around mm. and uh, we started deploying to Iraq and Afghanistan. And I just felt like the 80s and 90s had teed me up for a level of service to try to give back to our active duty folks uh, and current modern warriors uh, to make sure that what happened to our Vietnam veterans when they came home from war didn't happen to this current group of veterans. And that that's why I'm so involved and it all turned into the Gary Sinise Foundation eventually. I want to share with you, we got uh, a text from Bill from Oshkosh and he said a uh, question or just some, a message for Gary Sinise. And Gary texted in, thank you for your work for Gold Star Families. We saw you in the Lieutenant Dan Band several years ago in a rainy, stormy lacrosse, EAA Oshkosh, and two weeks ago at Fort Moore in Columbus, Georgia, where your name and presence was felt by a grateful 400 nationwide Gold Star family members. Thank you to your foundation and to you personally for your generosity and service to the USA. Signed, a grateful Gold Star family. I, I would be remiss oh, if I didn't share that with you. And I hope that that, do those messages just continue to fuel you? Man, well, thank you so much for, for reading that. And please, I don't know if they're listening, God bless you. And, and thank you for sending that in. Um, yes, you know, I, I mean, I could have ne never predicted years ago that, that um, a, few, a few little things would, would turn into what it is today, a full-on full nationwide effort here through the Gary Sinise Foundation to support our our military and our first responders. But you know, I just found that the more I did, the more I wanted to do. And, and 
I wrote a book eventually um, back in, it came out in 2019. It's called Grateful American, A Journey from Self to Service. And I was, I was encouraged by my agent. I'd never written a book before, but I'd been all over the world multiple times uh, in war zones and hospitals and, you know, playing in the band and visiting troops and providing services and supporting nonprofits and all these different things. So, and so my agent encouraged me to kind of document some of that, write it down. And it event, you know, I, so I started doing that and then it turned into a, a more of an autobiography. I wanted to say, well, okay, here I'm doing all this service work right now, but where, where did it start? Where does it come from? What are the roots of that? And so the book is called the journey from self to service where you see, you read about a guy who's, you know, just kind of a goofy kid and <laughs> all of that. And then trying to do theater and wanting to be an actor and focusing on all that. And then, you know, the steps along the way that turned into a different life, which was a service life. And, and wanting to give back and, and you know i just my heart was broken after september 11 2001 it was a, a terrible day obviously for everybody in our country but i just had this terrible broken heart and i i wanted to do something uh, take action to try to sort of heal that you know and 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 assuage that broken heart in some way so i just started raising my hand and going out and then i did one thing and then another thing and then i mean it just turned into a massive thing it's all documented in in grateful american and you know now it's a full-on full-time uh, mission with the support of thousands and thousands and thousands of our fellow citizens who donate to the gary sinise foundation so that we can do good things to help our defenders and their families out it's uh, it's it's very moving. I mean, I, it, it's it's the fuel that uh, you know stokes the fire. A- absolutely, when when I hear that somebody has been impacted by you know just showing up and patting somebody on the back. After the break, Gary Sinise shares a special Milwaukee story that's coming up next. You're listening to the WTMJ Holiday Radio Show, presented by Heiser Automotive. You're listening to WTMJ Now's Holiday Radio Show. Presented by Heiser Automotive. We're talking with author, actor, and humanitarian Gary Sinise of the Gary Sinise Foundation. Now, Gary, with your experience in Chicago and in the Midwest, you had to have come to Milwaukee at least once, right? Yes. Any any uh, good yeah, memories? Sure. I, I, I remember. Oh, gosh. <laughs> my first trip. Okay, I'll tell you about my first trip to Milwaukee. There we go. So, I was a high school kid, and, uh, you know, I'm kind of, kind of a misguided high school kid. And um, I actually had to go back to high school for one extra semester after I graduated. And so I was a little bit depressed. I had a, my, my day at high school would be in the afternoon because I only had to take a certain amount of classes to get that, you know, to graduate, get enough credits to graduate. So I would work in the morning. And uh, my job was to drive this uh, businessman uh, to, to work. And then I would take his van and go to school. Well, on my way to school, after dropping him off, I picked up a hitchhiker <laughs> and he's, he's like, he gets in, he tells me he's a Navy guy and he's on his way to Milwaukee. And so I, I said, well, I'll drop you off at the uh, Lake cook road or whatever. <laughs> and, um, 
And then we got to talking, and I was just having such a great time that I ended. <laughs> I drove him to Milwaukee, <laughs> and I skipped school altogether. Drove him to Milwaukee, hung out, we had dinner. <laughs> it was great. That was my first trip to Milwaukee. I'll, ne- I'll never forget that because I got in a lot of trouble with my boss because I failed to pick him up when I was supposed to pick him up later in the day. I think it all worked out pretty well. Uh, Gary, uh, another real quick one from my, my former producer, producer here at uh, at GKB, uh, Brandon Snide, uh, Iraq and Afghanistan veteran, who has, has suffered a little bit from the burn pits he was exposed to, passed on his comments that he, he loves you and appreciates your efforts on behalf of wounded veterans. So I wanted to pass that on to you. Oh, please give him my best and, and tell him thank you. And thank for, thanks for serving our country. All right. Gary Sinise, you do it all. And, and on behalf of all those veterans out there, they just love you and continue the great work that you do. My best to you. My best to all the veterans uh, listening. God bless you. All right. Gary Sinise, actor, musician, advocate. What else does he do? Author, he does everything. Author, author yeah. His new book. Gary Sinise, one of my favorite people on the planet. Thanks to Sandy Max for helping out on that interview. After the break, Kyle Troop, professional bowler extraordinaire. You're listening to the WTMJ Holiday Radio Show, presented by Heiser Automotive. You're listening to WTMJ Now's Holiday Radio Show, presented by Heiser Automotive. And I am thrilled. I am geeked out about this next interview. I'm going to let you introduce our guest. I am just, as a as a average bowler, <laughs> I think I, my highest game ever was 262, which I was very proud of because I did it you with a, a house ball and house shoes. I mean, come on. I'm impressed. And I got shaky. 262. I got shaky at the end because I, I had a string of strikes going on. Am I, I, I going to do this with a house ball? Of course, I didn't. I got a 262, but I was really proud of it. Well, and in front of other people, and then you realize it's you against the lanes and <laughs> pressure's a, on. I got a little shaky. Well done. All right. Now imagine doing that on television repeatedly. Which is a great intro to our... <laughs> take it away. This is, this is awesome. I don't want to take away your excitement. No, I'm this. excited. I'm geeked out about it. It is absolutely my pleasure to introduce to you on the radio and also on our video stream at WTMJ.com, professional bowler Kyle Troop. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I'm not used to saying that like without that. going Troop, <laughs> because uh, Kyle and I know each other. He's seen me on the sidelines at the live TV tournaments on Fox. The other side hustle. Well, instead of being a Brewers in-game host, I'm kind of a bowling on-set host to get the crowd fired up and do some introductions and that sort of thing. So um, I have gotten the pleasure of seeing Kyle Troop bowling in person and his charisma and joy with the audience so i'm i'm so funny to say your name and not hear true yeah i was gonna say sandy's my girl she gets the crowd (laughs) livened up and uh that's my favorite part about bowling on tv you know i kind of use the crowd to channel that energy and and uh so she makes it a lot of fun for us on tv what i love about watching is you celebrate it with the big fro which you've kind of knocked down a little bit so you're working on something here now yeah i mean it's summertime you know i live in uh, north carolina slash kentucky uh you know so i needed a cut needed a big cut actually but it'll be back for january you know people freaked out and they always think whenever i would have my hair tight they'd be like oh did you cut your hair i'm like no i just put some product in it (laughs) now they're asking me like you know oh you put some stuff in your hair no i actually cut my hair now i'm like okay so you played the crowd you're one of the best at doing that how like when how did that start for you uh i learned that from my father guppy troop he was a pro uh for many years back in the 80s he was an entertainer uh, his first goal was to entertain and then to bowl well. So I really learned how to be a showman just watching him growing up because he was kind of my idol. You know, uh, he won eight titles at 42 wow. regionals, you know, so uh, he had quite a career. 
but he was just known for the he was a bowler of the bowlers and i kind of have been termed that a few times hanging out on the saturday night tournaments back home or something and and uh you know just blessed to have him as someone that i grew up watching because without bowlers we or without fans we don't have bowling so the least i can do is kind of entertain you know they look at me like a uh LeBron James or a Tiger Woods and and well, you went right or, to the top of the list there, didn't you? Well, I mean, it, as far as some of the fandom, you know, uh, yeah, I wouldn't argue with you on that. Kyle it, is a fan favorite, and you are really sitting in the presence of one of the best bowlers in the world and on the, I say, on the circuit. Like when you walk up there, your ex- expectations you're going to knock him down every time, right? Uh, I mean, you know, two twenty average is pretty good on tour, which results in about seven to eight strikes a game out of a possible twelve. But uh, well, that's pretty good. You know, I expect and have the confidence to do that, but yeah. I am kind of realistic a little bit. So I asked you before the break, we, we, we know what the lives of like pro athletes are, the football players, basketball players, pro bowler, what's your life like? You live, uh, in, the, you live in a dream? Yeah, I mean, it's great. You know, I wanted to be a professional bowler. Uh, I don't work for a living because I enjoy what I do. <laughs> you, you do know, work. I, I bowl. Yeah, I do work. Different way. But, you know, I don't have to, I don't call it work. You know, I just, this is my dream as a kid to become a professional bowler. Uh, you know, it's kind of a grind, you know, especially at the beginning of the season from pretty much January to May, we are on the road. I'm packed in the Kia Telluride for three months, driving from state to state. We bowled in about 10 to 11 different states, uh, this year. And then I'm probably home about a hundred days a year, you know, cause I do a lot of, uh, coaching clinics, bowling overseas. I was in Japan doing coaching over there. Uh, you know, so I do a lot of traveling right now, kind of striking while the iron is hot. Bowling well, you know, I'm very knowledgeable, so enjoy sharing that knowledge and experience, helping out kids, adults, whatever it may be. I love that coaching thing. So obviously everybody's different. We all have our weird quirks, how we bowl and all that. But the best tip you could give someone who's – I'm like a 175 average. I don't bowl that much, but I used to be a lot higher when I bowled a lot. So the best tip you could give any bowler, average bowler on the street, man on the street, woman on the street. I got two for you because I'm always extra. Uh, one, it would be strikes over show, spares make the dough. Yes. That was a saying my dad said, you know, spares are very important. But, uh, if it was like a physical tip, it would be have good tempo. You know, just watch your steps because a lot of people, their feet just get so fast. And if your feet are fast, it's hard to control the rest of your body, which is pretty much all of it in the approach. So you got to have good slower tempo. You know, slower tempo in the first couple steps and then you can accelerate your steps a little bit. If I gave you a house ball, what would you bowl? You said 228. Are you going to still bowl 220? Not 262 like you. Whenever you said that, I was like, that's pretty good for them uh, house ball action games. I think games. I had potential. I, I, didn't, I didn't realize that potential, but I think I had potential. I could probably get about 180, 190 maybe. Come on, you get better than that. 200 with the house ball. But, you know, we got these uh, special balls. They're built to hook. You know, yeah. they're, they're how, many do you, how many bowling balls do you own? Uh, well, I brought 15 in the car with me 15. this week uh, for six games of bowling. Now, granted, I think we're only allowed six in the building, but... I'm not sure how that was going to work. Is it so we'll like bring hot, a few more bags is in. It like hot bats, you just have this one ball has the feel. <laughs> uh, a little bit. It's more like uh, different golf clubs in a golf bag. You know, you have a pitch and wedge to a three iron, and they all kind of go a little further. Well, these balls are built to do a little different things. Some hook a little sooner. Some hook later. Some are very drastic, and some are very smooth. That's is that based on a, lane conditions? Yeah, different lane conditions. We need different equipment. You know, I would imagine. Um, I guess that's a little different than golf. They use the same clubs, but yeah, uh, that's a little quick rundown on like how our equipment works so that's why we travel with you know 12 balls but during the season we had about 30 in the car for three months a lot of weight yes it is that's (laughs) what i was thinking pba professional bowler with 10 career titles kyle troop joining us in the studio somebody asked if you like the big lebowski which is not a bowling movie yeah 
you know, honestly, I've never seen that entire movie, which people get their mind blown when I say that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but <laughs> Kingpin, much. Kingpin, that's is a cool. great yes, bowling that's, movie. That's funny. Because that shows, you know, the party inside of bowling, <laughs> right. the gamble inside of bowling, and then, you know, a little bit of the actual events, too. So, Who's wilder, pro bowlers or pro golfers, do you think? Ooh, I think I think bowlers. I think bowlers because those golfers make a lot of money. If they do anything too stupid, they're going to lose millions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we kind of don't think about that. Are there are there millionaire bowlers walking around? I'm sure there are, right? Uh yeah. I mean, over time, you know, yeah. definitely. Uh, I believe I'm getting close to a million on like career earnings. Now I've been sponsored? bowling in the PBA for 16 years. Are you sponsored? Uh, sponsored by Storm Bowling Products, the right. lightning bowl to have here. For How about YouTube. some love for them? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've been with Storm Bowling Products for many years. Uh, cool Wick, my jersey sponsor. Uh, Vice is a grip accessory company. I've got a raise eyewear, a glasses company out of Colorado. Look at this guy. He's yeah. got everything. We've got a, a few different sponsors. You know, very blessed to have a good team with me. No hair products? Well. No, just uh, combs. That is a bit shocking. Picks. Yeah, he. Now, I do on. have my hair picks, you know, but I just bought those in a big lot off of Amazon because they were cheap. What, you, what was your saying about free before? Come on, if it's free, it's for me. Yes, and I'll, that goes for hair picks. So Kyle, the pro with the fro. Also, uh, as a PBS employee, I also am charmed by your nickname, uh, the Bob Ross of bowling. Yes, I'm charmed by that. So I talked about color of money, right? That was pool, professional pool, and the side games. Is that part of thing of bowling or not? Yeah, a little bit. You know, uh, so in the PBA, there isn't really any side action. It's kind of against the rules, but, you know, we can always gamble for dinner or pay for the hotel if you want. But, uh, you know, we have brackets and stuff like that and tournaments, but them action matches, you know, after, after the sweeper on Saturday night in Greensboro, North Carolina, you know, we'll shoe up for a thousand bucks for a best of five and a little action in the back. You know, uh, I did bowl my first ever back to back 300 in a doubles action match. Wow. And I was loaded. <laughs> <laughs> I love that story. And I story. threw 24 in a row, and uh, and then we beat him the third game. We scooped him, and it was like a north versus south that came down from Delaware. So. Cash is king. This is going to make it bowling. We made a lot of cash that night. because you didn't overthink it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I wasn't really thinking about much of anything. I mean, if there was a big crowd, you know, they're cheering for the north and the south. So I felt like it was like a mini TV show. Just a triad in Greensboro. <laughs> I love the fact you came in, man. It's great to see you. I've seen you on TV a bunch of times. You're minus the big fro. It's not picked out, but uh, I love your attitude. And anybody that does what you do, you're passionate about your sport, you're obviously your dad started started that passion. Thanks to professional bowler Kyle Troop, who joined us in studio. He was one of the, the most fun interviews I've done all year. After the break, he is the chairman of the board of the Marcus Corporation. Greg Marcus joins us on our WTMJ Holiday Special. You're listening to the WTMJ Holiday Radio Show, presented by Heiser Automotive. You're listening to WTMJ Now's Holiday Radio Show, presented by Heiser Automotive. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, everybody. Thanks for tuning in on your holiday and sharing with me. We're bringing back some of our great interviews that we did throughout the year. I've had him in studio a number of times. Greg Marcus, chairman of the board of the Marcus Corp. He loves to talk about movies, and so do I. People love the classic movies, and especially when you're talking about the holidays, so you're kind of rolling out this sort of new idea, which I'm fascinated by, playing the hits, sort of. Yep. Tell us about it's, it. It's uh, called the, the, we, the overall program is called a passport, and basically what we're doing is we're putting together a group of movies, and you can buy it in one fell swoop, so, so I was going to say. And so, for example, this one is called the Season Screenings Passport. We have, Love to, to put it in context, we have a haunted passport. So we did stuff around Halloween where you could buy a bunch of Halloween movies. We did it around the Oscars. You can buy the Oscar Film Festival passport. We've done a Harry Potter passport, a bunch of Harry Potter movies. 
season screenings passport. So for you can you can just go to any of these. You know, we're going to show them between now and now through Christmas, and it's all the classics. You know, it's Elf and uh, Spirited Away, which is more of less newer, but. We'll call it a classic. We're we're liberal in the classic department, um, but you know, uh, night before Christmas, we've got um, uh, national national Lampoon Christmas vacation. Yes, yes. All, all these movies, and for twenty dollars, you get four of them, so five bucks a piece, basically, that's and a you get a temper a ten percent. And that's not all. I thought the guy with the guns and knives, ten percent off uh, at the concession stand uh, or at the food. If you're getting food and beverage, if you're at Bistroplex or you're at uh, at movie tavern, so. Um, we do that, and you and you can pick which ones you want to see. You don't have to. It's not you know there are there's more than there's more than four, but you pick what you want. You can go once a week, and it's really cool. And and breaking news, I got breaking news. We're releasing. We did a survey to know what, and you're getting it here first. Oh, there we go. Uh, the uh, what what were, we asked our customer base? You know, what are your favorite holiday classic movies? And do you want to get do you, do you want to take a guess? I don't. I, I won't do this. Be in the top five. Number one. Okay. Ding ding ding. Is this all time or uh, just recently? Well. Uh, percent what, what people how, what people would see in a movie theater they're saying um, what's your favorite Holly Scrooge uh, no but close okay mm. Dr. Seuss the Grinch is number two. Oh, is that the Jim Carrey movie uh, yes yes yeah. yeah I get that one yep number three Christmas Vacation ding 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 okay number four tie anything, anything black and white Christmas Story and It's a Wonderful Life yeah I was gonna yep. say It's a Wonderful Life's gotta yep. be in there somewhere yep and number five choo 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 Polar Express I've never seen that movie. Uh, I've seen it. I can't remember. It's like, <laughs> What's your favorite holiday movie? My favorite, um, I would have to say, well, <laughs> since it's my favorite comedy of all time is Animal House, which is a National Lampoon movie, yeah. I would have to go with Christmas Vacation. Yeah, it, it's a, it's a cloud. I think I watch it every Christmas because once it comes on, I can't stop watching it. And I'm a huge fan of Chevy Chase and all of the stuff he's done. And, and that, that movie speaks to the dysfunctional part of you know Christmas lights and Christmas trees and all that stuff celebrating that great holiday. So let's talk about some of the other parts of Marcus. I mean you guys are you got some of the best hotels in Milwaukee and beyond. One of my favorite hotels of all time is the Fister Hotel. Now you told me before you came on today, you've owned it. Marcus has owned it since the early sixties. Yep. Uh, my my grandfather uh, bought it in 1962. So my dad joined the company and he was my dad actually jokes about being the first uh, the first um, manager of the uh, the Fister Hotel. He always tells he tells this funny story. He's like he's like, he's like there on day one, you know, or day two, and uh, one of the housekeepers walks in. I remember, remember the Fister today was not the Fister of 1962. It was not. It wasn't in disrepair, but it was. It was an, an older hotel. Older. The, what we know now, the Tower Blue, wasn't even there. Yeah, they had bought the original building, and it was. It was in need of some loving care, and they needed to get the operations back in shape. And so a housekeeper walks in, and she says to my dad, you know, he's the general manager of the hotel right now, hey, you know, what rooms am I supposed to clean? And he says, why are you asking me? And she says, well, the head housekeeper just quit. Oh, <laughs> so that was his warm introduction to the uh, Fister. But they made it was very special, and it's it's a special place for so many people. We know we talk about and This is perfect, whether it's the theaters or the hotels. We always talk about... Our business really is making memories. You know, you don't leave. I joke about this. I think I did last time too. You know, we, you might leave with the towel, <laughs> which we really don't want you to do. Yeah, no. But other than that, you don't leave with anything physical. You leave with a memory, and like all my great memories of the are of the Fister, and I, you know, of, of all the important events that I that I've had, or just just daily, or 
playing music and all these things happen at the Fister for me. And like other people, that's they, you walk in and it just brings back that flood of memories. My wife and I have celebrated anniversary weekends. We've, we've certainly uh, stayed there for big events in downtown Milwaukee because it, it's comfortable and classy. And, and just, I told you before, before you came on today, just walking into the lobby and walking up the stairs to the cafe. I love that cafe. And, and you have the little bar area out there. That's, that's looked that way for quite a while, right? Uh, yeah. We, 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 well, you know, we've, we always have to update it. So actually, we're in the process of renovating the hotel for the, you know, every seven to 10 years you're doing stuff. So the lobby had a big renovation. In, when in 93, we did a huge renovation. We opened up the lobby. It was actually what we, when you see that lobby bar that used to be enclosed, it was called the Cafe Olay and you That's couldn't right. even see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then some, we looked, we were looking at old pictures of the hotel and it was open. And we, someone, one of the, one smart designer said, let's open it up. It changed the whole dynamic. And so we opened it up, but, about 10 years ago, we really needed, because it had been that point, 20 years since we'd really redone it. And we really did a lot of work and redid the fireplace area and the bar and everything. So now it's sort of new carpeting and fresh coat of paint. But at the end of the day, well, no matter what we do to it, and we were talking about this with the coffee shop. You know what makes the coffee shop great? What makes it great is Annie and Martina and Carrie people that and there. Sheena yeah. you know, and, uh, and Marisha. That's the people. With all the people we know, the people you see every time, We it's about the people. I don't care what about the building. What's the longest tenured employee you've had there? You've got to have some... Well, long... my dad right now is leading <laughs> <laughs> the pack. But I'll tell you something cool. A little a little Easter egg, sort of, I guess, at Christmas. I guess I'm, messing up, I'm mixing my metaphorical holidays. But the if you look at the pictures, on the if you go into the coffee shop, you'll see paintings of all of the people who've been with us for over 25 years. Right. If you're there 25 years, we paint your picture and put it up. And so many people, and you'll see people who are working there and you yes. don't recognize Isn't their that picture. something? It's so cool. Celebrating the people and the experience. Uh, our guest, Greg Marcus, we're going to talk about some of your other properties, including the St. Kate's, which I'm guessing all of the, the hotels are jazzed up for the holidays, right? Oh, yeah. That's already happened. Oh, yes. Theaters, too, do you, do you decorate for those as well? Yeah. A little bit? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, we're in the spirit. Greg Marcus calling it right, the spirit of the holidays. He's always fun to spend time with, and we'll do that again in the new year. After the break, one of my favorite things of the year is salute to service, and one of our honorees will join us, Augie Guerrero, telling us what he did as a hero. You're listening to the WTMJ Holiday Radio Show, presented by Heiser Automotive. You're listening to WTMJ Now's Holiday Radio Show. Presented by Heiser Automotive. Back in May of this year, Carol Kane joined me, and we uh, both interviewed one of our Salute to Service honorees. If you don't know that that story, every May I honor five great public safety heroes in our community. Here is Augie Guerrero's amazing story. Thanks for having me on the show today. Yeah, oh, it's it's an honor to meet you. Truly, Thank I you. mean, I I haven't heard your entire story yet. But Steve says it's a very impressive. So before we get to the, the piece that producer Brandon put together, um, I'm going to ask you a basic question. I, I ask almost every first responder I ever meet. What was the decision? What was the idea that said to you at some point in your young life, I want to be a first responder? I, I always knew I wanted to do something active. Just I don't see myself working behind a desk for 40, 30, 40 years. So I always wanted to do something active, something physical, something I could use my attribute my strengths with. So I found out about this cadet program through some friends whose family were on the job. And it's basically an apprenticeship, and they pay, pay your way to go through. And after two years, you become a recruit and then get on the job. And I just haven't looked back since. It's the best thing that's happened to me. 
So are you the only one in your family that does this kind of work? Yeah, I'm a first-generation firefighter. Okay. Do, would you encourage other people to get involved? And like when, I, I don't know if you're married and have children, or when you do have a family, would you encourage that kind of vocation? A hundred percent, especially kids that don't exactly know what to do. Um, college isn't always for everybody, and there's something, the you know, fire department's a great option for people that really want to continue their education, but not necessarily the typical four-year bachelor degree route. I always say it's a calling. What you do is not a job. It is a calling because, you know, I'm the person running out as you're going in. And it's to take your personal safety and put it at risk like that is just unbelievable to me. We take a lot of pride in what we do and do a lot of training continuously. So one of the reasons you were nominated, besides being a first responder, is you responded to a specific event. So we're going to queue up our feature uh, that was really the story that was the the person that nominated you, which I'll reveal in a little bit. Um, it tells your story, and it really tells the story of first responders. And uh, I want to thank our sponsors and our presenters, Educators Credit Union, The Packing House Restaurant in Cudahy, right, right there, not Cudahy, Milwaukee. I always say Cudahy because it's close to mm-hmm. Cudahy, uh, right by the airport on Layton Avenue, for letting us tell these stories. Uh, firefighter, Augie Guerrero, this is one of his stories. Hello, I'm Chief Aaron Lipsky of the Milwaukee Fire Department. I am here because we are honored to be able to nominate Firefighter Augie Guerrero uh, for his actions on December 22nd, 2022. Now, some may call it a Christmas miracle, but Milwaukee firefighters say it's just part of the job. Last Thursday, a 911 call sent crews to a retention pond right by American Family Field. They found a car filling with water fast. A lady was driving her car, reports that she was cut off. It was slick roadways. She went off the expressway in the stadium interchange, down the embankment into a large retention pond where she was unable to get out of the car and the car was slowly sinking as she was on the phone with our dispatchers calling for help. I'm Augie Guerrero, firefighter for the Milwaukee Fire Department, and I've been on for about six years now. It was a cold, cold day. I believe wind chills got to about negative 25, maybe even less. And we were dispatched for a call of an auto extrication, which which primarily means that there was some car crash involved, somebody stuck. So when we were halfway en route to the location of the accident, we were informed by our dispatch that it was a person in the water in the retention pond. So our, our minds kind of shifted. It, it changed from a ice rescue instead of a auto education. So Augie responded with engine 33, which comes from right up Miller Parkway. Uh, he headed northbound into the interchange. They located the car. They could see down the embankment. Uh, he and his crew worked their way down the embankment very quickly. They were getting information from our dispatchers in real time uh, of how uh, how horrified this, this passenger, or, or the driver of this car was. Could somebody please help me? I'm Ma'am, we've already got help on the way, okay? I need to know exactly where you're at. They worked their way to the water line. They could see the water was up to the windows. They knew right away this is not getting better. Uh, And Augie, with no regard for his own personal safety, went right into the water. Now, that in and of itself is very risky given the temperatures involved. Uh, But also the ice had already given way, so there was there was little for him to rely upon as he worked out uh, towards the car. 
at that point you're not doing a whole lot of thinking especially when you're on scene it's more instinctual you just revert back to your training you don't really have time to stay there and think about what you're going to do it's just all instinct and i was the person closest to the chief's buggy at that time so i was the one that put on the mustang suit he was trying to converse with the lady who was rightfully very panicked to get her to either try to get the window to go down or the door to open she could do neither uh when you introduce water into a vehicle with electrical systems and whatnot, uh, everything shorts out. He had to uh, force that door open. He was able to get her out and get her to the shore uh, where she was treated and, and ended up ultimately fine from the whole incident. What does salute to service mean to you? It means a chance for my firefighters and paramedics, the community's firefighters and paramedics, to be remembered and recognized for those truly superhuman things that they do. and. I'm just so proud that Augie gets to be included in that, that incredible list. It's an honor to be nominated, especially by our chief. Never, with the whole call, was never intending for this kind of outcome, but I'm glad that he nominated me, considered me, but it's good to honor those kind of people that you never really get to see a lot of that stuff on the news, especially with police officers, military personnel, and there are a lot of people that deserve some sort of recognition. Thanks to all my amazing guests on our special hour of holiday interviews. Carol Kane and Sandy Max for uh, helping ask the questions throughout the year. Gary Sinise, Kyle Troop, Greg Marcus, Augie Guerrero, all amazing individuals. Part of the amazing stories we tell on this program and on WTMJ. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, everybody. And if you're a fan of Chef Michael Fecker, we did a special hour of another holiday special with the chef, local chef extraordinaire. Join us for that conversation on WTMJ.